Welcome to the Tools for Today's Farmers podcast, brought to you by the Purdue Extension Farm Stress Team. Our podcast will cover current issues in farming and will provide insight from a wide variety of experts in agriculture. Now let's get farm strong. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. I am your host, Rachel Dillhoff, and... And I'm your co-host, Abby Heidenreich. And today we are very happy to have Dr. Jason Henderson joining us. And Dr. Henderson, can you tell us your title? Because I looked it up and it's quite long and I want to make sure I get it right. So I'll let you say your title. Uh, the Senior Associate Dean of the College of Agriculture and the Director of Extension. So we'll, we'll leave it at that for today. <laughs> Quite, quite a lot on your plate, I know. Um, and can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with the agricultural community? Yes, I uh, grew up on a dairy farm in Northeast Iowa. Um, so did that until um, at some point in time, my dad asked my brother and I of which one of us two was coming home to help milk the cows. And we said, looked at, at each other and pointed at each other and neither of us decided to go home. And so um, he got rid of the cows, um, left, we left the farm early and um, then ended up working at the, through getting my ag economics degree at Purdue here. Um, went to work for the Federal Reserve out in Kansas City where I led um, their analysis on ag and rural economies. I um, did a lot of things uh, from land value um, assessments to understanding what was happening in commodity markets. And then ended up here at Purdue Extension, leading Extension and all the um, interesting programs that we have from 4-H Youth Development, Ag and Natural Resources, to Health and Human Sciences, and Community Development. Wow. Wow, that is quite, quite the background and really neat that you went to school at Purdue and now you're working here. So it's kind of that, that full circle. So that's amazing. And um, before we, we dive in, um, Abby has a question for you just to get to know you a little bit before we get into the tough topics. So, Dr. Sanderson, what is, in your opinion, the most embarrassing fashion trend that you used to rock? Oh. So, I would say that I did, when I was in high school, had the mullet. <laughs> so, hopefully, you say you had a mullet. <laughs> yes. I think it was the fashion trend that was happening in the 80s. And actually this year, it, it was starting to make a comeback in high schools. I was going to high school basketball games to watch my son and, and you would see the mullet. And the interesting part was the mothers were drooling over the mullets and how fashionable they looked and how, you know, how the, the boys look good in the mullet. I have noticed the mullet making a comeback in, in high school yeah. boys' yeah. hairstyles. So I don't know how I feel about that one coming back, but uh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yes, that is very interesting. Um, and very, I mean, it is amazing how that stuff kind of comes back in style. We were talking about that, my husband and I, the other day about we have a daughter and we're curious to know what her fashion is going to be when she's a teenager. And we think it's going to be 90s fashion again or early 2000s. So um, fashion is always a, a very fun topic, but we're gonna shift gears a little bit and we're gonna talk about stress. So stress obviously is something everybody experiences. Some stress is good, some stress not good and it can impact us. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about a stress that you've experienced 
and what you've done to cope with that stress. Yeah. So for me, I think it goes back to growing up on the dairy farm um, in the 1980s and going through that. It was a stressful time. Um, we moved off the farm. Um, and while I can say, you know, my dad made the choice to move off the farm, but it wasn't a choice that he would probably want to make. It was an opportunity of a dairy buyout program. And so he took it and that was different things. And, um, you know, after that, it was the eighties and my dad, you know, once he moved off the farm, it was a struggle to find a job of various different things. And I can think about um, my brother and I and my dad going and working as a hay crew um, at the end and the money would go to my dad and we didn't see it because that was what was used to, you know, put food on the table and um, buy clothes at Christmas and summer t and at various different times and just some of those things that you do. And so for me, I ended up, um, my de-stressor de was to shoot baskets and I just shot a lot of baskets. It was just one of those things where I could do something on my own, just could think and just not worry about life at that point in time. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. And I know studies have shown that that physical activity, that is one way to de-stress and you brought up a really interesting point about income. And um, since 2013, net farm income has declined by about 50% 50, 50 nationally. Um, in, in Indiana, that's even more severe. So right. with that decline in income, obviously comes that financial stress. You, you wanna provide for your family. Being that you have lived that, have you noticed any other farmers experiencing something similar and how would they express um, frustration from that? Yeah, so we've been noticing that. I, I think not only just here within Indiana, but nationally as well, that the stress that farmers are reporting, you're seeing it. I mean, you're seeing it in, other, in various numbers about their, you know, the ag barometer has optimism. Well, they're less optimistic. So it's, gonna, it's, it's another sign of a stressor that they're facing in various different ways. And um, you see a lot of them you know, trying to, you know, the outcomes of it is they're, you know, they don't have as much patience as they usually do um, on different aspects of it. Um, a lot more frustration, um, you know, maybe anger in situations, or they become simply withdrawn. Uh, you, you see it, you know, just a, you know, you can tell people are a little bit stressed, I guess, when a couple of people that are usually very outgoing and very energetic are just a little more quiet and subdued um, as they're out in the crowd or as you're out meeting with people um, in various different places. And, you know, um, Sometimes, you know, if you know them well enough or just like, so how are you doing? Um, how are things going on the farm? And giving them an opportunity just to share a little bit about what's going on so that you can kind of relate to them and doing different things. And um, it's been a tough year for some, especially in dairy. So I think you are seeing it in various different places, the stresses that they're facing. So from an ag economist standpoint, um, what what is your kind of outlook on, you know, we've seen this, the 61% decrease in net farm income over the years um, since 2013. What are we looking at as far as the economic impacts from that? Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a, a tough slog ahead for the next couple of years. Um, so when I look at net farm incomes and I adjust them for inflation, um, average in U.S. agriculture is about $80 billion dollars. You get farm downturns, um, the bus when it's about 60 billion and farm booms when it's over 100 billion. And that's just kind of where it happens rolls um, in there. So if you're looking at this year is that um, market-based incomes are gonna be about 60 billion, which is a downturn. 
Um, but the only thing that's getting us above average is about 20 to $30 billion that are gonna, it's gonna come from government payments um, on that framework. And I think what you're gonna see for us in agriculture is that their incomes are gonna slowly come back from the market, um, which is gonna be probably have a corresponding decline in government-based subsidies or ad hoc payments of various different things. Um, so that the incomes are going to average between 80 and 90 billion over the next couple of years, but you're going to see a shift of whether it's going to be driven from market-based factors or, or whether it's going to be driven by government subsidies. So we talked about, you know, the impact of that on Indiana farmers and the, the locality of, you know, those impacts. How do you see Purdue Extension specifically helping relieve some of those pressures that those farmers are feeling? Right. So I think for us, um, it's, a wide range of things that we can do. So number one is having pro programs like this, talking about farm stress or other different areas and encouraging farmers that if they're feeling stressed, especially their financial pinches to um, encourage them to get some support and helping others around them identify times of stress. The other part of it is I think um, having various different programs talking about how to manage through finances. So how to market just a little bit better that you might get, you know, one or two cents a bushel might make all the difference, right? Just a little bit of different things. And how do you think about that? It's also talking to them about different production practices to think about how can you cut your costs just a little bit, not giving up maybe so much on yield, but just adjusting just a little things that you can do, um, best practices just to cut a little bit of cost and save you a little bit of money when you think about your crop or, or production or, or raising animals. Um, on those features. To the, another avenue of it is a lot of times during these downturns, farmers look to diversify. And so think about other types of crops that you can grow, not just number two yellow corn, but other things that might be um, interesting to think about um, growing in your, your farm enterprise. It might be diversifying into some type of vegetable crop if that's where it is. And there's a lot of opportunities here in Indiana. Um, you know, I'd look at 2019, that was the year of hemp. And everybody was trying to figure out how to grow hemp and how to get it processed and all of these different things because they were searching for alternative income stream and they were thinking that that might be one of them. Um, so I think there's a lot of things that we can do and we had a, you know, we hired a specialist to focus dedicated toward hemp to help farmers think about it um, in their farming operation. So all of those different things of helping them think about different access. And so I look at it right now, we've had COVID-19 um, we've had disruptions in supply chains. A lot of farmers are going, hey, wait a minute, let's think about direct access to consumers. And so how do you go about doing that? Whether farmers markets or direct sale of doing different things, a different opportunity. Um, it might not be, um, you know, you convert your whole farm, but you might be converting parts of it um, to increase margins. So how do we help farmers do all these different types of things that they think about diversifying and increasing their incomes, both from a general commodity standpoint, but also let's look at some value added opportunities if they're available. Yeah, absolutely. And I know too, I mean, we talk about the stresses that farmers experience and sometimes they like to talk about it. Um, and the other times they like to keep it to themselves. And that, that's where that coping mechanism comes and being able to talk that through. And you highlighted some really good things that are in the works, that some ways that farmers can shift their thinking and go with the flow and go with what's profitable and what could supplement some of that income that they might have lost. So um, kind of going off of that, the, the positives, 
what is something that you feel really hopeful for in the industry? So I'm really, I think long-term, I'm just really positive about agriculture. Um, and the reason is, it's kind of really simple. Um, we have a lot of people that really care about food. They care about the food that they're eating. Um, they care about the health benefits of what that food has. They want to know how the food is raised or how it's grown. And sometimes we might think of that as an annoying factor. They want to know what I'm doing on my farm or, you know, they want to know how I'm pro it's being processed or what, what, what additives are being added to it. But I look at it as, wait a minute here. If they're interested in food, let's figure out what they're wanting and what are they willing to pay a little bit more for for food. So if I can grow it and process it and deliver it in just a little bit different way that they're willing to give me a little bit higher margin, I make more money and they're a, they're a happier customer. And at the end of the day, if we have happy customers, um, that's going to help the bottom line for agriculture. It's going to allow us to grow. And we're going to have supporters um, in many different aspects of it for um, agricultural production and all the things that we need uh, to be able to do that in the, in the United States. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. And I think there is, there's that, that hope and that moving forward, there are the, the ways that, that you can make additional income. And like you said, the marketing, um, so much that goes into our food buying habits and how we might grow things that you don't necessarily think about. Um, so, I mean, that's great to know. And, you know, you talk a lot about that, that value added in the process of connecting those local growers with, with consumers in your local community. I see a lot of that just through extension and just in our ability as an extension office to make those connections between farmers and consumers. You know, we've got a lot of local farmers markets. We've got a lot of, um, you know, produce co-ops and, you know, growers that are, they're looking for alternative markets. They're looking to diversify. They're looking at what the consumer public wants um, from their groceries or from their, you know, their consumable products. And they're trying to find a way to meet that need, which is something that I think is so inspiring about the agriculture industry that they're always adapting and always changing to the market around them. Um, and I think that's something that, that Purdue Extension has done a really good job of is creating those bridges um, for, you know, just education gaps that exist. And even, you know, just like I said, connecting those growers to the consumer public. All the other areas that have challenges of, like California is having challenges with water and forest fires, and you know, um, you know, it might impact their production, but that opens up opportunities for other areas like Indiana to get into the vegetable crop production um, in more ways than they already do exist here in the state. Are there any projects or events that you, with Extension, have coming up that you would like to tell um, our viewers about? So I think for us, um, what we need to, to do, like for the value added of different things, we have like the small farmers uh, conference that we usually have um, at various different times. I know we've gone virtual and various different things, but those are um, opportunities in there. Um, we'll be coming up with our winter meetings um, in extension. Um, and so we're having as many of them as face-to-face -face as we can amid COVID, but some of those are going to be also opportunities to go virtual or like this, a podcast. And so taking those things. And, and bringing them in as we go through different aspects of it there. Um, and so I think those are some of the things that we're looking at in there is some of our traditional routine things that we do, uh, kind of the seasonal basis um, on that, but doing it a little bit different ways, um, but also talking about certain aspects of it, of, about how to um, manage your farm um, in, in ways that um, open up opportunities, um, but also 
um, save some of the cost of production. Do you happen to you know, have any words of encouragement or any message to farmers that you want to share um, if they are experiencing a stressful time right now, kind of a, um, a message to them? Yeah. So I just think in many different times in these, these farm margins of where it is, we, I know it's frustrating because oftentimes um, you've made plans and the best plans you've had and the market conditions switch on you. And it's something that, um, you know, it's things being done to you. Um, and I understand. And it's just, um, I think in agriculture, it's a cyclical business of what goes up and comes down. And the hallmark of agriculture is kind of that steady, tried and true, um, push through different things. Things will be getting better in the future, um, but we know that it's going to be tough to, to manage through these different aspects of it. Lean on others um, because they'll help you. They'll be the ones that help you get through, uh, whether it's from a financial standpoint, talking to your banker or farm service agency to get a farm loan guarantee to get you through this time. Um, but also think about your colleagues and other farmers and learning from them. Um, and, and I think in many ways going through COVID, um, getting out and going to meetings, um, even though you might not think about it or want to, um, it's the isolation that makes things more daunting and challenging. And so I think for all of us, um, extension opportunities are an opportunity for us to kind of get together um, and fill that social need that we all have. Well, thank you so much for uh, being our guest today, Jason. Um, thank you so much for, you know, supporting us in Extension and for, you know, giving us the opportunity to provide these programs for these farmers. And um, we also want to thank all of our listeners for listening today to the Tools for Today's Farmer podcast. If you would like more information about the Purdue Extension Farm Stress team, you can find us online at extension.purdue.edu slash farmstress, or you can find us on Facebook with the Purdue Extension Farm Stress team. And with the Extension Farm Stress Team, we like to use the hashtag FarmStrong on all of our posts to emphasize that agriculture um, and the community within it is resilient and is strong enough to get through anything that comes their way. Share your story. If you have um, an experience that you've had of overcoming stress, share it with us on social media and use the hashtag FarmStrong. All right. Thank you all for joining us today. I am your host, Rachel Dilhoff. And I'm Abby Heidenreich. Have a great day.